I'm proud to be from here now. I wasn't always, and I am now. Welcome to another episode of the Wichita Live podcast. My name is Landon. Today's guest is Andrea Stang. Andrea is a business strategist helping entrepreneurs in the Wichita area. She is the founder of The Hive, which is a co-working space and a community with a focus on women. Enjoy my conversation with Andrea Stang. All right. I'm here with Andrea Stang. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Can you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, I was born and raised in Wichita, and I am the founder of The Hive. It's a women-focused co-working and community space. Awesome. Very cool. So um, how, where, what part of Wichita did you grow up in? I grew up in Outpath Goddard in okay. an aviation community out there. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so just to get into The Hive a little bit, is so what is The Hive, I guess? Can you go into that a little bit? So we're essentially a space that offers support for small business owners, community for professionals, We like to say that we give permission um, to women to be seen and to be known. Um, It's a space for leaders to connect and empower one another and help them succeed faster in their careers and lives. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, So is this your first, I don't know, quote unquote startup Mm -hmm. or what's your background in that? Oh, gosh. Well, I come from a long line of entrepreneurs. If you know my maiden name, you know that I'm the granddaughter of Don Hatton of Don Hatton Chevrolet. Um, my parents also own a used car dealership and so I come from a long line of entrepreneurs, third generation entrepreneur that I know of. I'm sure there were more, (laughs) (laughs) but essentially, um, I've always kind of had a a business up my sleeve when I was little, my brother and I had a pet detective business and the neighbor even paid us to find her cat collars, (laughs) which later I found out she was um, hiding for us. Um, I, in high school, I, w- I did photography, senior photography for my friends and that turned into a business doing wedding photographer. My ex-husband mm-hmm. and I did elopements. Um, he would marry them and I would do the photography. So wow, I've had cool. a few different businesses. I also did freelance writing on the side. I've always said the best way to keep, um, the gaps out of your resume is to own your own business, even if it's a side hustle and you always have something to put on your resume. That's really cool. That's really cool. So that obviously had a big influence being the granddaughter of Don Don Hatton Hatton. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, so the hive, how did you get the idea for the hive? What was the final, I don't know, s- straw that broke the camel's back to get this started? Or did you always want to? Or Well, I had had, I loved, I loved the ideas of co-working spaces. Um, I lived in Dallas and Austin and Lexington, Kentucky, and I'd seen a few different ones. Um, and I'd really enjoyed that concept. Uh, but I always had a young daughter and daycare was very expensive in the other cities that we lived. And so moving back to Wichita, daycare wasn't as much of a problem. And I was able to send her to full-time daycare. And so when I went, um, full-time freelance on my own, 
I knew I was going to feel isolated. And so I went to work at a local co-working space and I was really happy that they had brought the concept to Wichita and um, were innovating in that. But I just flat out like to say with my marketing background, I wasn't their target market. Mm -hmm. Um, It was a predominantly men in the tech industry and the space was just, um, it was just not inspiring to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was a part of a group called uh, Lean In and kind of based on the concept of the book by Sheryl Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook. And Lean In Circles had popped up all around the country to help inspire women professionals, um, to help them get past that gender wage gap, to advocate for themselves, to um, be assertive without being, um, you know, overly aggressive, things like that uh, in business. And so I brought the idea to them. I kind of had that iconic um, statement that most entrepreneurs make, Mm -hmm. which is, wouldn't it be great if... And mine was, wouldn't it be great if there was a space that was more women focused, that um, had, you know, really inspiring decor that was nice and bright and beautiful and that you felt comfortable bringing clients to that looked professional um, and that we also had more of a community element to it. So the community membership was kind of then formed as part of that idea. You know, there's other um, big spaces um, around the country, some that are women exclusive, we're just women focused. We're not women mm-hmm. exclusive. We do have men that are members, um, but these other cities were doing really cool things, and I just knew that we had the capacity to do it here in Wichita. Very cool, very cool. And just take a quick step back. So, co-working space. Um, I've kind of heard of them. I've never really worked in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess where does that idea come from? So it's usually they like most things <laughs> started on the East Coast and the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of jobs that were transitioning to remote. People mm-hmm. could work from their laptops anywhere in the world. And so everybody at first is like, oh, yes, I can work from home and my PJs and it sounds really wonderful. And then you get home and there's dishes and laundry and kids and dogs and all the distractions. Um, And a lot of people can sink into depression. They're just not as focused. Um, They miss having those water cooler conversations. They miss having coworkers. And so that's when the concept of co-working came about. You Mm -hmm. know, you pay a monthly membership and you can come to a space and work from there, being around other people who are also working from home. only working from your space now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of what the initial start of it was, um, is women who are, you know, have the flexible work schedules. Um, and it really has grown to be more, um, even women who have brick and mortars. Um, so one of our members is uh, Stacy Ward-Latin from the Hopping Gnome. So mm-hmm. she owns a brick and mortar business, a thriving business off Douglas, but she can't get work done there. She can't get computer work done right. there. Um, you know, everybody's wanting to collaborate with her and all of her employees are asking her questions and the customers are wanting to socialize with her. And so this is kind of her safe haven. Shh, don't tell anybody that that's where <laughs> you can find Stacy. But she also runs a podcast here, Ceiling Breakers and mm-hmm. um, with Renee Dexler. And so it's been a fun um, avenue even for the women who have brick and mortars to have memberships here. Very cool. Yeah, that was one of the questions I was going to ask. Mm-hmm. Is it a lot of freelance startup people or is there a pretty good balance between that and brick and mortar? Oh my gosh. We have members in literally every different industry. Um, I, gosh, we've got interior designers. We've got a lot of coaches. We've got, um, a few people that own, um, boutiques around town. Um, Apricot Lane, Moxie, Mm. they're both, um, members. Um, Cammie and, uh, Patty, uh, we have, let's see, um, we have a plumber. <laughs> we have a lot of service industry businesses, mm-hmm. but there are some that are product based. Um, we are a we are a um, direct sales friendly space. Not a lot of entrepreneurial spaces are, but mm-hmm. because we are women focused, we realize that's part of a woman's journey sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they the the women who are hive members who are in direct sales they own it like their own business a lot of them have their own name to it that's just mm -hmm. separate from the direct sales um so we're not we're not afraid of that and um, we're all about empowering women in whatever it is that they want to be a leader in and so about 50% of our members aren't even entrepreneurs. They wow. actually work at other companies around town, everything from WSU Tech. Um, Martin Pringle has a corporate membership with us where they have all 12 of their female attorneys as Hive members. Interest Bank has a corporate membership with us. Um, and a lot of people around town, their employers pay for their memberships um, to be a community member because you're actually getting, they're getting value. They're getting content that they can come back and then apply in a marketing role at a mm -hmm. company or um, you know, we do lunch and learns ranging from, you know, business tips and finances to, uh, digital marketing, um, everything from Instagram to Facebook to YouTube, um, all of that, as well as, you know, personal style tips. And we, we keep it fun and engaging. The hive actually stands for a lot of people don't know mm -hmm. this. It stands for healthy, inspired, valued, and empowered. And so all of our content falls into one of those values. Wow. That's, I did not know that stood for that. <laughs> that's cool. That's, I think it's a really good idea for the corporate. I mean, they're going to get a lot more benefit than probably whatever they're paying for the membership. Mm -hmm. Just collaborating with a lot of other like-minded women and just mm -hmm. people in general. It's really cool. Yeah, I mean, people go to all the different networking groups in town um, because they want to – a lot of um, – businesses work with entrepreneurs you know they say okay as an entrepreneur you need your lawyer your accountant your banker um there are these key partnerships and relationships that you need to build and these you know they're going to these networking groups to meet entrepreneurs mm -hmm. and so this is a space where there's you know in in the world of business there's a lot of get-togethers for entrepreneurs and there's a lot of get-togethers for professionals but there's not a lot of organizations right. combining the two and that we really do that we combine um, really any woman who is a leader or wants to be a leader is welcome here. That's powerful. That's really cool. So do you do a lot of the people in town already know about you or do you do any advertising to try to get new members? So most of it happened by word of mouth. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, what they, what they say is um, behind every successful woman is a tribe of other successful women who have her back. Now, we like to turn tribe into hive. But really, it's been my hive that, that talks about me. And occasionally, I'll even see um, people who I haven't even met saying, have you checked out the hive? And I'm like, well, I need to meet you because <laughs> you're promoting me and right. I don't even know you yet. Um, I think most people I meet nowadays um, who are involved in you know business and entrepreneurial world, world in Wichita, I put my hand out. I say, hi, I'm Andrea Sting. And they say, Andrea Sting from the hive? I know who you are. I know what the hive is. Um, so a lot of people have the surface knowledge of it right now, mm -hmm. but a lot of people still think, well, I don't need that. I don't need a space to work from. Um, or, you know, I don't have time to come to every one of your events. Um, that's not really the whole of what we do. So really it is having um, over now over 170 women leaders who have your back. Wow. And so one of the most powerful uses of the network um, I've seen is um, Leah from the Greater Wichita Partnership. She joined the Hive when they were building their new website, and she literally sourced almost all of her models for the video and photography from our Hive membership. Oh, really cool. She would pop in there and say, hey, I'm needing a model for tomorrow to pretend like they're looking at an apartment in Wichita, and we'll take pictures and video, and oh, you got somebody from the Hive. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Everybody's like, oh, you need to talk to so-and-so. Oh, so-and-so can do it for you. I'm looking for a real estate agent to show the people a house um, that kind of thing. Uh, 
or maybe you're saying, hey, I'm looking for an intern or I'm looking for somebody you'd recommend to work with me on this in this industry. And immediately, you know, within an hour, you're going to have 10 different recommendations Mm -hmm. that from people that, you know, like and trust. And so it comes from those referrals come pretty organically. Very cool. Very cool. And so you said there's 170 over 170 now. Wow. Uh, Is there any worry about it getting too big? No. So um, just like other groups in town, a lot of networking groups, um, they don't have their own physical space even, Mm -hmm. and they can have thousands of members. So our vision is actually to have a thousand members. Mm -hmm. Um, We'd love to have more. Uh, If you've you've read the Chung Report, you know that 4,000 women have been, um, they've left Wichita. And it's 4,000 college-educated women under under the age of 45, which are a lot of our members. Our membership does range from the age of honestly now probably 18 to over 70. Um, So that's another thing that sets us apart from other groups is that we do have a wide range of ages. We also are growing in in diversity. Um, One of my goals is for the diversity of the hive to match the diversity in Wichita. And then a bigger goal is for the diversity of our leadership in Wichita to match the diversity of our city. So I would love to see 50% women in leadership in business and politics and education um, in Wichita. And then, you know, once we get that, of course, I'd love to see the um, diversity numbers match in other areas, too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good vision. Oh, but I guess you asked, you know, how can we support a thousand members? Um, We have a physical location where we do our regular meetups and things. But as we get more and more members, we're going to have more and more locations Mm. where members own businesses that we can do satellite um, get togethers and things like that. And so I'm not looking to have more than 100 women co-working in the space. Mm -hmm. But as far as our community membership, which is right now the $30 a month um, membership, is um, to kind of be invited to all of our events, to be a part of the private Facebook group. We are we are like the other networking organizations only we're doing so much more and we're not nickel and diming you. So you pay your monthly membership, but you're not also having to pay for every time you come to a dinner or every time you come Mm -hmm. to a lunch and you're not sitting in a room with over a hundred people that you don't know. And you're not leaving with a bunch of business cards that you are never going to follow up with. And you're not leaving um, just tired and exhausted and burnt out from networking. Uh, We connect, we don't network. And so when you leave a hive event, it's usually 10 to 15 women at the event. You're going to make friendships you're going to get hugs people are going to be like you look amazing i love that dress where did you get it and uh you're going to leave with real authentic connections and people are going to refer business to you because they know like and trust you and not because they're required to by a quota like some other groups Mm -hmm. do okay yeah that makes sense so just to explain a little bit more, I, first of all, where is your location at right now? We are in the Orpheum. A lot of people don't realize that the Orpheum actually has office spaces, and we are the only space that has our own entrance. So you actually don't enter through the main Orpheum building. Um, we have our own entrance. It's covered in honeycombs, thanks to love of character. One of our Mary, uh, one of our members, Mary, um, decorated our windows for us. And so you've probably driven by it and wondered what it is. So come on in and see us. That's awesome. And then I wanted to get in a little bit. So you mentioned there's the membership isn't necessarily the co-working membership. Mm -hmm. And so can you get into that a little bit? So we have a few different types of memberships. The first one is the community membership. And right now it's a $30 a month membership. Um, It basically uh, enables you to come to any of the late, uh, the eight lunch and learns that we have per month. Lunch is provided, no additional cost. The speaker provides the lunch. They are usually a local business owner who is giving a value-based presentation. So it's not like other presentations you've been to where they're selling at you. Um, They are allowed, of course, because they gave us lunch and provided value to give us the last couple minutes to let us know how they we can work with them, that type of thing. 
Um, we've had as high as a 50% conversion rate on our Lunch wow. and Learns as far as the speakers getting uh, clients. And you don't have to be a Hive member to present mm-hmm. a Lunch and Learn. Um, so that's one of the elements. We also live stream those to our private Facebook group. So if you can't come in person, you can watch live or the recorded. We archive all of them. We have over 100 videos now. Um, so it's a huge content library you're getting access to as well. Um, it's just the network. Um, but our co-working membership doesn't allow for you to come in and co- or sorry, our community membership doesn't allow for you to come in and co-work at the mm-hmm. space. So our first level of community membership right now is $60 a month and it's a one day a week. So you would mm-hmm. choose your day of access. So pr- let's say I'm a Monday member. I'd have access with my cell phone to our door s- system from 6 a.m. until midnight on that day, okay. every single week. And you could get up to three hours of um, time in the conference room or three hours of time in the audio video room, um, which we should definitely talk about that. Yeah. It's the room we're in right now to record our um, podcast. Uh, and you can add additional days, $30 a day per month. And so, you know, two days a week would be 90 and et cetera all the way up to a 24 seven membership, 180 a month. And that really makes the hive your home. Um, if you are a lot of people who even have full-time jobs use that membership level because they like to be able to say, okay, I'm driving across town. Oh, I'm going to stop by the hive. I'm going to use the bathroom. I'm going to get a cup of coffee at our bean to cup espresso machine. I'm going to heat up my lunch. I'm going to take a cat nap in the hammock. I'm going to answer some emails and then I'm going to be on my way. Um, or maybe they're like, you know, let's, um, let's meet at a local coffee shop. Oh wait, we can just meet at the hive. Let's go over to the hive. Mm -hmm. Um, that kind of thing. It becomes, I say like your downtown home and a professional space for your business. So a lot of our, um, you know, women who have their 24 seven membership here, like the hive really is their office. So they can tell people, well, I office out of the hive Mm -hmm. and you can meet me there. And, um, we do have some semi-private office spaces. They're usually, um, well, they're full right now and we usually have a waiting list, but that is an option we have. And Mm -hmm. we we're looking to expand eventually to have some more private office, fully private office spaces. That's cool. Very cool. Um, so I was going to ask, is this business model of um, I, maybe just a co-working space, but in general, is it hard to sustain? And has Wichita accepted it well? So Wichita has been really accepting of us. Wichita is notorious for being um, very accepting early on in businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem, uh, most of my entrepreneur friends, especially who own brick and mortars, because we do have a much higher overhead than your digital businesses, uh, say that it's hard to keep Wichitans interested. And so as we're going into our second year in business, I'm wanting to continue to build the momentum. Um, Yes, it is a sustainable business model when done right. um, And I think we're doing it right. Very cool. By the way, congrats on one year. Thank you. pretty recently right yeah the mayor came and That's cindy awesome. clay come and the chamber cresta spoke and so it was a wonderful event we had over 70 people attend the ribbon wow. cutting and uh-huh. then a probably over 70 at the one year anniversary party and a lot of our members collaborated together mm-hmm. um uh bespoke salon sponsored my hair and makeup mm-hmm. and um apricot lane sponsored my outfit um love of character gave us some balloons uh september moon cupcakery um, we had some of their super cute cupcakes with bees and flowers, <laughs> and they're you know all hive members helping helping out yeah. and um, pulling together. So it was fun. That's very cool. So what things have changed, or how's it grown, besides just number wise, and or what what's been the biggest change between when you started? I think my biggest focus in the beginning was on the co-working memberships, and now um, I like to say the co-working members pay the bills. Um, but the community members are where the profit is for me. Mm-hmm. And so that is important for my members to know because it means that I will never stop 
uh, doing events and mm-hmm. building community because that is where my business is. Right. There are other spaces in town who, you know, they have their, um, their, you know, space pretty much paid for. So they're not having to have a, you know, monthly rent or anything like that. And so, you know, they're making money off their right. members um, that are co-working there. And so they don't really have a huge incentive. And, you know, when they're busy with other business ventures and things, they don't really have a huge incentive to put into building community. And that is my bread mm-hmm. and butter. And so it's what I'm focused on. Sure. Sure. And so this is what you do full time then between the community and the co-working space? Yeah, this is what I do full time. I also do still offer content strategy consulting. Mm-hmm. So um, I have some clients around town that have me on a monthly retainer that mm-hmm. I help them with their business strategy, with their social media, um, just from a consulting uh, sure. perspective. And so I still am available for that. And I do that with a lot of my members just kind of on an hourly basis as they need it. Mm-hmm. So is, is there much, I know you said we kind of discussed how the hive is unique as far as um, the women aspect and focusing on women and that kind of thing. Um, but what, is there much competition in the co-working space in what you're talking So um, I'll, I'll tell you your other options and, the, and why I would recommend them. So the Labor Party was the very first co-working mm-hmm. space in Wichita, and they took a huge chance, and it's really, really awesome that they did that. Um, it is a neat space if you're wanting um, maybe a lower cost than we have to have um, full access. Uh, it's a great space if you're, um, you know, honestly, a guy in the tech industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's probably going to look uh, like a space that you'd feel comfortable in, um, much more relaxed. Um, you know, it's it's a space that maybe is not as, as good to meet with clients. Um, you're probably still going to be meeting clients out at mm-hmm. a coffee shop or something. But as far as just like your space to work, um, there's a lot more flexibility and um, just a little bit more uh, casual atmosphere mm-hmm. over there. Uh, another option is Regis. They're a little bit more corporate. Um, I say that there's, it's just um, more of an office share kind of a- element. Mm-hmm. They're an international company, so you wouldn't be gotcha, supporting okay. local business owners right. with that. Um but they are an option. Uh, there's um, uh, the new place out west. I'm trying to remember um, the name of it. Uh, there's a new co-working space that opened up out west. It'll mm-hmm. come to me in a minute. Um, and I haven't been over there myself, but I've heard it's a good option for those who live west west side and don't want to mm-hmm. come into downtown. Um, so that's a, another new option. And uh, there is... Um, E2E used to have co-working. I think they're oh, kind yeah. of um, cutting down on that a little bit. They're kind of refocusing into being more helping um, te- tech startups. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, stu- they do still have some people that co-work over there, but I don't think they're taking on new people. Um, there are a few more ideas in the works. Um, I know some people that are thinking about starting spaces. Um, so there's some on the horizon. It's definitely a growing uh, industry. Um, I think we will always be the only women focused. It yeah. would kind of be crazy for somebody to try to repeat that here right. um, with yeah. what we have going on. Uh, but I will say as far as other competitors, so to speak, I don't really think of it as competitive competition. It's more, you know, I like to collaborate with people. We do have a lot of women in the community who are building up other women. And mm-hmm. um, I think it's really great. They have a lot of amazing um, conferences. Um, uh, Marketa Atkins does the... Um, uh, empower her conference every year and it is awesome um, and she has a organization called we can um, that's going to be more Kansas uh, mm-hmm. wide uh, women in entrepreneurship um, there is the um, finishing school for modern women Jill Miller she's been um, like she started in the you know women empowerment movement a long time ago she's one of those early leaders to, to mm-hmm. look up to um, she offers classes. Uh, she's the she's the teacher of those classes and has a lot of value. She's a business coach, 
um, that can offer a ton of value with her classes at the finishing school. Um, and what else? We have we just have a lot of um, awesome women running awesome events. I would say okay. there's a lot yeah, of cool yeah. events in town. And it's not events is not really something I want to do, um, big events. And I like the smaller, more intimate things mm-hmm. ongoing. Uh, so I like to funnel our members into these other events. Yeah, it's cool. So. Build up each other, mm-hmm. yeah. Each have your own niche. That's yeah. Cool. Um, so let's just talk about, you talked about there's an audio video, video room, which we're currently in. Um, so can you talk about a little bit about that? And like, what other unique things does the Hive working space offer? Um, well, I guess let's talk about the AV room first. Mm-hmm. So in, in the AV room, we have interchangeable backdrops. We have professional lighting set up, um, tripods with cell phone adapters. We've got a product photography softbox. Um, we have like a fun and in- interactive um, photo booth uh, props and things like that. Uh, we have two uh, Mac desktops that each have the full Adobe Design Suite as well as the Microsoft Office Suite. So you can really do any kind of photo editing or video editing on there. Um, we have uh, a smart TV that's pretty much a giant computer in and of itself. <laughs> it um, has, uh, you can do actually Facebook Live from that. Oh, cool. You can do all sorts of video conferencing, all of that. Um, and then World Studios actually sponsors this room, which means that they will send a member of their team, Luke, for a free 30-minute training on anything video, video editing, a setting up for video for our members. And so mm. that's a huge perk that um, if you're a Hive member, definitely take advantage of. Even community members can get access to that training. Very cool. Um, another cool partnership we have that's a benefit uh, not everybody knows about is Martin Pringle actually sends um, Danielle Cornejo, one of their attorneys over here, mm-hmm. for free 15-minute Q&A sessions with people oh, wow. about anything legal. Um, one of the things that can be intimidating, especially for an early entrepreneur, is I don't want to call my lawyer. How much is this going to cost me for like a two-minute right. phone call, you know, yeah. that kind of thing? And you're rushing through your questions and feeling super anxious. And so Danielle is super easy to talk to, and she will answer any questions she can in that time. And then she'll refer you to who you need to talk to or what you need to do to um, get anything drafted. She's mm-hmm. drafted my em- employment, you know, uh, offer letter slash contract with my um, with my intern part time employee. She's you know they draft you know have helped me draft a lot of um, you know letters, the cease and desist letter, things like that. So right. just, if you just have you know questions, um, it's a good place to start. That's mm-hmm. easy. Very cool. And did I read something about like yoga and stuff like that? Yeah. So we when we started, we first had mm-hmm. a yoga studio, and the plan was to have um, twice weekly at least yoga classes, and it's a meditation space as well, mm-hmm. and massage therapy um, on site and chiropractor services on site. Well, we've kind of found out that everybody says they want yoga, and then <laughs> when you have the classes, they don't really come, and so it wasn't right. really revenue generating, and so we've actually turned our yoga studio into a private office for k&b photography oh, very cool. and um they uh, love their their space and we have kind of an open space downstairs that i'm still open to if yoga teachers want to come in and teach classes there mm-hmm. i i say in our environment it really fits better for like if you're doing it as part of a business workshop and then having like a yoga breakout yeah, session or sense. something like that mm-hmm. um so i'm still open to you know working with people that want to make that work um but we found that you know just in business it's flexibility and learning to pivot and that was one of the things that we had to pivot yep. on so we actually do have a meditation space that we built because that's the thing that our members missed more than the yoga they sure. missed the meditation space and so we've built that and um it's kind of a fun zen place to diffuse your essential oils and um, <laughs> relax <laughs> awesome um so what 
other like micro communities or communities? I know there's a photographer community because that's how I found out about you through mm-hmm. Janelle. And so um, what other communities like that are there? Yeah. So Janelle's a great one to talk about. So she came to me and she said, basically, Andrea, I love what you're doing. I want to do the exact same thing you're doing only with photographers. And she said, well, instead of reinventing the wheel, how could we join forces and make this work? And I said, okay, well, let's just have a high for photographers. And so Mm -hmm. it is, um, you get all the benefits of the community membership as well as additional benefits through the photography membership. And essentially it's, um, she does like quarterly styled shoots and all sorts of neat um, events with that. Uh, so that's growing and I'm open to having any micro community. Uh, if I have somebody willing to take charge like Janelle did, mm-hmm. we could have a hive for accountants, a hive for, you know, lawyers, a hive for, um, realtors, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, um, hive for artists, whatever co- micro community they want to form under the hive. I'm, I'm excited about doing that and, and reaching more women. I know we have some members that are more in like the trade industries mm-hmm. and they've expressed interest about wanting to have something that was more, you know, for women um, working with their hands and, you right. know, being involved in those industries. And so I'm, I'm open to any of those sorts of collaborations. Very cool. Is there a big difference between maybe what the younger kind of startup people or some of the older people you said there's from 18 to 70 so Mm -hmm. i'm sure there's a difference in mindset and stuff have you seen any differences or how that's looked so we actually have a hive for um like a student hive membership Mm -hmm. and it's kind of a hybrid between our community membership and our one day a week they uh get the community membership price thirty dollars a month but they actually get 10 hours of study time at the hive because i was thinking gosh when i was in college if i could have studied being surrounded by some of the top women leaders in a city. Yeah, that's really good. What a brilliant opportunity and have unlimited coffee uh, to, to boot, <laughs> you know, and free lunch right. uh, eight times a month. I'm in. And so we do have a, a, a student uh, membership and we're actually building a partnership with WSU Tech. Sherry Utash is a Hive member and is really um, advocating um, for that for us. And that'll hopefully be something that they offer scholarships for in the fall. Wow. And uh, so basically they are looking for mentorship. They're looking for speakers for their different on-campus events that they do. Um, Several of our members have gotten internships through the Hive as well as Mm -hmm. secured a ton of speakers that are really amazing high-level women that they wouldn't have. I mean, I hate to say it, but if, you know, if a little college student sends you an email, are you going to take it as seriously as if it's coming from, you know, this networking group where you've got people saying, you know, I know I can trust this person and Mm -hmm. you see their face and that kind of thing. So they're looking, you know, mainly to build up those relationships and, and build their skills. And then I would say, um, you know, younger women maybe uh, just starting their careers and needing some mentorship along that and building their networks and their communities. Um, women who own their own businesses, of course, building up referral networks and community as well as the education and the ability to work from here. And then I would say some of our older members, um, they have oftentimes, maybe they're transitioning back into um, the workforce after having been home Mm -hmm. with kids. Um, Maybe they, and they're needing to build contacts. Maybe they have, um, uh, maybe they they worked a professional job for a long time. Now they're ready to start their own business. That's a lot of women that we see. Um, They're wanting to transition out of the workforce into owning their own business. And then we have some that are retired and then just want to stay really engaged in the community and um, helping younger women, mentoring them, and also just keeping um, their wits sharp, right, with all of the content and value that we offer. Cool. That's an amazing idea for the college, especially you mentioned um, 
a little bit earlier and then also in your TED talk about losing young educated women and so like if you get them in the system early and they're seeing what they can become in the Wichita community by lo- looking up to these mm-hmm. um, women that's really, really cool. yeah one of the things um, when I was 16 there was an article in the Wichita Eagle called the great Wichita brain drain and it was all about how all of our best and brightest are leaving and I wrote a letter to the editor telling them why mm-hmm. <laughs> why I was planning to leave mm-hmm. um, because most of the students that were in the top 10% of my high school ended up at K-State, KU, or yeah. out of state. Mm-hmm. They were not thinking about WSU as an option because it was very much a commuter school. It was the school that you lived with your parents, worked a part or full-time job, and went to school on the side. Um, it was not a college experience. Right. And that's changed a lot, and I'm really proud um, that we have Wichita State here now and how much it has changed. But for me, you know, I, I was telling them, well, there's nothing to do in Wichita for somebody from the age of 13 to 20. Right. And guess who's making their decision about whether or not they're going to stay in Wichita um, for college and then beyond. Uh, so there were no, you know, you couldn't see live music unless you were over 21. They were all inside right. the bars. Um, there was no arts and culture, no no murals really happening. And all of the businesses that were owned were, they were franchises. They were Mexican and Chinese restaurants, which is great, but you know we just didn't have a whole variety of locally owned um, restaurants and businesses that were unique and interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was why I was leaving, and I told them. And so when I finally came back ten years later, after living in three different states and one other country, uh, I didn't want to come back, but I wanted to be close to my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a daughter at that point, and you know, I have a daughter, yeah. and. Uh, that was a big driver for me, like it is for a lot of people. That's why a lot of people boomerang back is it's a great right. place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. And when I got back here, my friends told me, oh, you're going to love it. It's so different. So much has changed. And I didn't believe them. And then, you know, I got it to going to One Million Cups and to Lean In mm-hmm. and and to Startup Grind and some of those other cool, um, you know, organizations and things that were happening. And I started to see what was happening with Ave- Avenue Art Days and everything, all the changes along Douglas and all the neat, interesting restaurants that had opened up and the live music venues and the Old Town Farmer's Market. And I was like, wow. And and the flag is a big part of all of that. Yeah, Everybody got pride behind the flag. And um, Janelle King at the workroom was really mm-hmm. instrumental in making that happen. And um, it's, there's lots of cool stuff happening here. If you say you're bored, you don't know my Wichita. Right. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of my friends moved away too. I graduated in 2011 mm. um, from high school. And so a lot of my friends ended up going San Francisco, Kansas City is a big one, Denver, just because there's, yeah, again, there's mm-hmm. nothing to do in Wichita or, um, yeah, they just don't see the value that it's mm-hmm. kind of blown up since we grew up here. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's been really cool. Um, so I think I read somewhere about you won an innovation and enterprise award. Is there, is that true? Yeah. So the Wichita business journal Mm -hmm. um, awarded us the innovation and enterprise award um, in our first year of business. So that was really awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Awesome. And then you did a Ted talk. So can you just talk (laughs) a little bit about that and how that happened or what you're thinking? Nervous. Oh man. (laughs) So, okay. So everybody's got to have like the, the public speaking situation that they that they look back on and they grow from for me unfortunately that happened to be a ted talk <laughs> uh i was asked to do one at um friends university and it was their inaugural ted talk um 
and it was very last minute put together. I think it was really awesome <laughs> that they did it, but we didn't get notified until very last minute that we were chosen. I kind of applied on a whim, and then I didn't see the email that I had been accepted until the, <laughs> like the day before Oh man, the TED Talk. And so I prepared as much as I could, but right. I am not good on the fly. And so I read a lot off of my note cards, and so I'm not proud of that presentation, but the content is is yeah. exactly what I wanted to say. And it was basically um, where do women belong? And uh, I believe that they belong here and they belong together. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was all about women not leaving Wichita and how do we help women not want to leave here? Sure. We give them support and we give them encouragement to grow in leadership roles and we help them be able to have a family and a career. Mm -hmm. They did a great job. I thought, I mean, that definitely got the message across. I was doing some research and found that. So <laughs> Thank you. Um, what are some struggles that women have in business or specifically in Wichita business? Okay, yeah. So um, we, I think most of us are kind of aware of the gender wage gap. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that kind of harkens back to what um, Cheryl Sandberg was teaches in her book of Lean In. A lot of women start leaning out way too soon. Mm -hmm. They think, I'm going to be starting a family. I shouldn't take that promotion. I'm not going to have enough time to take that leadership role. And um, at the exact same time, men are doing the opposite. I am starting a family. I need to take that promotion. Right. I need to take that more advanced role. And the problem is women start leaning out too early. And then, and really, you really shouldn't ever be leaning out. You should be leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. Because guess what? Once you're in a higher position, you're going to be able to have the ability to you know, maybe take a longer leave. You're going to have more seniority. So. Right. Um, and then oftentimes, you know, women, they'll, they'll leave the workforce when they have kids, which is not a bad thing, but they do, they leave the workforce mm -hmm. for five to 10 years and then they try to get back in and it's hard yeah. and you're not going to come in probably at the same salary you were making when you left. And it's probably going to be a lot less. And mm -hmm. so that's kind of where the gender wage gap happens. I don't think it's always, um, so much as like, oh, I'm hiring a woman. I'm hiring a man. I'm just going to pay her less. Right. I think it kind of happens, um, almost by us osmosis or just kind of by the process um, of how women are leaning out but also it can be um, how women don't aren't encouraged to ask for raises mm -hmm. um, I was at a job uh, recently and encouraged by lean in to ask for my first raise and I said oh no 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 I mean this guy that's only been there three months he just asked for a raise and so it's not a good time and um, oh, you know, my uh, my manager is going through a divorce and it's not a good time. And and uh, my boss's son is sick and, and it's right. just not a good time. And I was thinking about all these other people and their feelings and what they were going through. And lean in, you know, the members of lean in said, do you think that guy that was there three months shorter than you um, thought about any of those things before he asked for the right. raise? And I said, no. And well, he asked for it anyway. And so I did. I went and asked for the raise and I got it. And um, I think a lot of women just don't ask. You know, they just don't right. ask and they're not, they're not encouraged to be assertive. You know, we tell our little girls that they're bossy when really they have leadership potential. Um, and I think, you know, we kind of squash that out of our girls, just like we squash a lot of things out of our boys, you know, any kind of emotional capacity, right. um, yeah, they're absolutely. not allowed to cry. I mean, it goes both ways. And I think the third wave feminism is kind of all about that. It's about equality across the board and we don't want, we don't want our men to be robots, you know, right, either yeah. just, uh, and so I think that there's, you know, there's a lot of male dominated industries um, can be a problem. There's, um, you know, women are predominantly, whether we like it or not, the ones still taking care of the family responsibilities. Mm -hmm. um, men are more involved as dads. Uh, our generation, you know, millennials, um, guys are just being amazing. But 
guess who's still predominantly taking off work when the kid gets sick? Right. It's mom. And guess who is still the one remembering all the doctor's appointments and all the birthday parties and organizing all the minutia, all the details. Mm-hmm. Women are just overwhelmed with all the minutia that doesn't seem like it's hard work when it's one thing at a time, but you mm-hmm. add it all up and it's a whole extra job. Women also have a whole extra job of, you know, how they have to look before they even walk out of the house. Um, if you, there's a great book called the beauty myth. It's a little bit, um, outdated now. Mm -hmm. She talks a lot about eating disorders and things that were really much bigger in the nineties, but she does talk about how women putting on makeup. Um, it's like, it's a whole job in and of itself. Like we have to look a certain way and we have to watch whether we're showing too much cleavage or, Oh, does this look, um, you know, uh, you know, not professional enough, that kind of thing. Or did she even brush her hair? Did she even bother to put makeup on? I mean, you can't be a CEO and be running a company if you, you know, women look, can look disheveled if they're not wearing makeup and have their hair done, which is ridiculous. Men can kind of do, you know, they they shave their face and they like run a comb through their hair and they're good. They don't even have to shave their face. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you, you had a stat somewhere. I saw a stat that was, um, in, I think it's 80, women make 80% of what men do, um, but Wichita's even less. It's less, yeah, Wichita's even less, um, it's something like 72% um, of what men make, and women of minority status are even less, mm-hmm. and so it's definitely, um, you know, there. and there's also something called the pink tax, right, which um, products made for women cost more. Sure, yeah. Um, everything costs really more, and so not only do we make less, but we're paying more for things and we're also expected to bare minimum you know maintain things that men don't really have to maintain yeah um and so it it all adds up sure especially you know as a single mom i think you know you're not bringing in i'm a single mom you're not bringing Mm -hmm. in the double income anymore and so when you're looking at um equality in that way it's kind of um even skewed even more sometimes right and uh, most of the single parent households are um dominant are headed by women Mm -hmm. um because you know that's a whole another issue in and of itself you know the the raw end of the deal that a lot of dads are getting um when it comes to custody some some dads are really great dads but they are not able to have 50 percent custody or that kind of thing so you know i think it goes both ways there's lots of struggles that we're both sides are dealing with sure that's a really good point um, what tools do you use as an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. Are there any like specific apps or tools or I anything you use? I love my apps. <laughs> I love my apps. If you go to the hivewichita.com slash resources, um, I have a list of my recommended apps that I use. One I use for my calendar. If you've booked a meeting with me, it's super seamless and easy. Love it so much. It automatically adds it to my calendar, to your mm. calendar, sends us both reminders. Super easy to reschedule and cancel. Um, and it cuts out all the back and forth, you mm-hmm. know, Hey, what time works for you? Which day? Oh, that doesn't work for me. What about this day? It doesn't <laughs> work for me. Um, that, that wasted me a lot of time, right. honestly. And so now I can just send that link. You pick what time works for you on my schedule. Sure. And, um, one of the other tools that I use, um, we do our website, um, through, uh, an, an online app that, um, makes it really easy to build, um, funnels and it makes it really easy to do email marketing and that's all on that resource page as well. Um, the reason I'm telling you to go to a resource page instead of telling you the name mm-hmm. of the app is because if you're a smart um, business person, you're all about referrals and affiliate links. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody recommends something to you, um, 
ask them if they have an affiliate link mm -hmm. because you are now paying your local business owners and economy and benefiting the local economy rather than just giving it all um, to these big corporations. And it doesn't cost you any more. Sure. And so if you click through my link for that scheduling software or for that website designing software, um, I'm getting a small cut of it and you're paying the same price. And so that's why I really recommend if you have things that you recommend to people say, oh, I'll send you the link and just give them the link because you know, that's a, that's a passive income stream and there's nothing wrong with it. No, you're recommending you deserve to have um, a little bit of credit for that. That's a great idea. What advice would you have for other entrepreneurs in Wichita or specifically women entrepreneurs? <sighs> okay. So I am big at jumping into the pool, right? I'm not the kind of person that can stand, um, at, at the diving board and like, look, and how high is that? And I don't know, maybe I should make a plan before I do it. And I don't know, maybe I should have worn a different swimsuit. Uh, I just don't think I'm going to do it. I think I'm going to go back down the ladder. Um, I'm going to think about it a little bit longer. I will never do it. And most of us will never do it if you do that. And so I'm big about just walking up the ladder. You're confident. You know what you're doing. You know, yeah, you're prepared. You are wearing a swimsuit. And yeah, you're prepared. Like you're not going to belly flop. Like you're going to make sure that as you jump in, you have an appropriate way of jumping in to where mm -hmm. you're not going to injure yourself. You know, you know that the pool is, um, you know, 10 foot deep or whatever, that kind of thing. Um, don't be reckless, but but jump, you know, get to the end of the diving board and jump. Don't think too much about it. Don't, you know, spend years making a plan. I think it's important to have a plan. It's important to do some market research um, outside of just your mother and your best friend because mm -hmm. they're going to tell you it's amazing. They love you. That's their job. Um, talk to some people who um, maybe don't love you yet right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and get their opinion. Um, but, but make the jump. You know, too many people just sit on the sidelines for too long. Right. I like that. What is something you often recommend to people? A book, podcast, anything like that? Mm, okay. Um, one in business that I recommend a lot is um, by Michael. Uh, I don't remember his last name. Um, it's called, um, okay, hold on, hold on. Book Yourself Solid. And he has a concept in that book that's called the Red Rope Policy. And he essentially says, um, your ideal clients are the people that you would let into the party past the red rope, right? Mm -hmm. You don't let everybody into the party. You only let people that meet a certain criteria into the party. Um, because if you let those, just everybody into the party, guess what? Uh, it's not going to end up being very fun. Um, there's probably <laughs> going to be some accidents and people are going to drink too much, you know, and be crazy. Um, some people are going to embarrass you. It's just not going to be a fun party. And so you want your clients to be the people that you are so excited to work with. And one of the things that's been um, hard for me to learn, but I have learned and am learning, is that not everybody's a B. And so that's what I say instead of red robe. I say, <laughs> are they a B? Um, there are wasps in the world, and they're not bad. You right. know, wasps are not bad animals. Um, they're just not bees. Sure. And wasps are way more, you know, independent. They don't, you know, check in with their other wasps as much. Right. You know, bees, they go out independently. They do their own thing. They collect their pollen, but then they bring it back and they build a beehive and they help one another and they are stronger together. And so some people are not bees and I have to be okay with that. I have to kind of feel that out and think, okay, is, you know, am I, am I having to sell this person too hard? Am I trying to convince them or are we naturally jiving? Is this naturally a mm -hmm. good feeling? And I no longer push it if it's not a good feeling. Sure. Um, if it is a good feeling, there are some people that still need to think about it 
and I'll let them do that. But I do try to follow up with them because mm-hmm. people, you know, even with the best of intentions, won't follow up with you. And that's not, don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of following up with people. You are offering something as a business owner that they want and need. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a product or service, you are solving their problem. And so don't be afraid of that. You want to help them solve their problem. They want you to solve their problem. And so don't be afraid of approaching people and keep it authentic and keep it friendly. Um, another big recommendation I have, this is more personally, um, Elizabeth Gilbert, I love her. Um, she wrote Eat, Late, Eat, Pray, Love. That wasn't actually the first book of hers I read. The first one I got into was Magic. Uh, what is it called? Big Magic. And um, I really recommend that book, but I also recommend her podcast. It's called Magic Lessons. Mm-hmm. And it just helps you think about um, creativity in a different way. And she interviews a bunch of different um artists that are struggling and by artists I mean you know writers and uh, screenplay writers and comics and dancers and anything that can go into that topic of art Um, and then she interviews some of her best friends that are in those same industries and fields and helps that are more you know influencers Mm -hmm. and kind of helps these average people kind of work through their struggles within creativity and um, it's really inspiring to me Uh, I really really love love her books sure yeah i'll have to link all that up make Mm -hmm. sure people can find it um what is your favorite failure in any aspect of your life i love failure (laughs) i dork out over failure when i was a teacher i used to teach four through eight creative writing and the very first video i ever showed my students was um it was called why you need to fail it was a video called why you need to fail by Derek sivers and we'll link it oh yeah um it is it's an amazing video so it basically goes through the process of um, fixed mindset versus growth mindset Mm -hmm. and read about that if you don't know about it because it will change your life um but essentially you know he he showed a bunch of different artists um one was uh picasso and he was painting there was like a stop motion of him painting um one of his artworks and you saw how many times he changed it how mm-hmm. many times he messed up and then fixed it and so i really found that really powerful he has a bunch of other examples of how growth mindset is important so essentially you never say to a child um wow you're so smart because guess what mm-hmm. if they feel smart um after doing this thing then there's also the opportunity for them to feel dumb after they don't do something or they don't do it the right way. And so rather than saying you're smart, you say, wow, you tried really hard and you did it. Um, That's a much better compliment. And same thing with ourselves, you know, give yourself in a growth mindset um, type of place. So that's an amazing video and something I always show people. Yeah, we'll definitely link that. Oh, but my biggest failure, I guess um, I, (laughs) it could, it's the things that can be conceived as failures Um, can seem like the end but they're usually a catalyst for something Mm -hmm. else and so I actually ended my marriage left a job moved out of my house um, became a single mom and started a business all at once and so you could see all those things as failures but I use the energy from that failure you know failure creates energy too and you can transmute that energy into positive Mm -hmm. and so I transmuted it into positive and I made a really cool community that was able then to support me and so many other people right Um, What is your definition of success then? Kind of on the other side of that. I think success is being able to live your life authentically. I think you can be really successful um, in traditional sense of the word. You can have a lot of money. You can have the best job, um, but you're not happy. And so I think being successful, I don't think being successful is being happy because I don't think happiness is the thing we should strive for. Um, I think you should be able to 
uh, strive to be able to be yourself in whatever mm-hmm. you do. And, you know, when I can go to work every day um, and be able to be myself and have a bad day and have a great day and, you know, be able to just really um, not always enjoy what I do, but be able to just be myself as I do it. And I've been in roles where I didn't feel like I always could be myself. And that's really um, stifling. And even though you may be successful, mm-hmm. that that's not success to me. Um, so I think success for me personally is also having flexibility. So I've worked for other people, but it's always been hard for me after having been the daughter and granddaughter of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my mom would say, uh, okay, we're going to, we're going to go this weekend to visit your grandparents. Um, we're going to need to leave on Thursday. And I'd say, well, I can't take off Friday. Well, why? Well, because I don't have enough days to take off. What do you mean? She just, mm. she just was so used to like, you make your own schedule right. and you know, of course they never stopped worrying about their business and they were always working, but they had the flexibility to travel and go where they wanted to. Um, and I think for me, that's really important and that's part of my success and success also is being able to balance. Um, if you were an amazing business owner and entrepreneur, but you never had time for your kids or your significant other or your family and you were you know um losing out on all these other enriching parts of your life Mm -hmm. then for me that doesn't feel successful because you're you're only successful in one area of life and so i'd rather be pretty darn good in all areas of my life than incredibly successful by society standards in one and dropping the ball on all the others right do you have a life motto or tell me about a life motto you live by or what's the best advice you've ever received um, the best advice I've ever received. Oh man. Um, that one's tough. It is tough. Yeah. Uh, the last interview they flipped it on me. So yeah. <laughs> I know how tough it is. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, I think I've been reading, um, I don't know if this is the best ever, but mm-hmm. I'm going to say a piece of advice. Sure. Um, I've been reading, uh, you're a badass at making money. Um, by Jen Sincero. And, um, she had me make a list of what my parents taught me about money and um, like the positive things mm-hmm. and then the negative things. Sure. And it was fascinating because I have always had the story in my head that my parents were really good with money and taught me good things about money. But then when I looked at that list, um, I realized that they taught me a lot of negative things about money too. Um, yes, they taught me that you should pay off your credit cards in full every month and that you should always um, you know, uh, diversify your income and different things like that. But one of the things that I realized was that they taught me that there was never enough money. Um, they taught me that, um, that money, um, that money was a source of stress. It was always a source of stress and, you know, related to money that, you know, that your customers and and employees would, would potentially lie and steal from you because that's happened. That happened to them Mm -hmm. a lot. Um, and I, with changing my money mindset, I had to believe that money is, it's abundant. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's no scarcity mindset about it. Um, that money can be a good thing, not an you know, evil thing. Money itself is not evil. It's the how people use it. Mm-hmm. And um, so there's a lot of shifts around money that, I've, that have been really integral, I think, to changing the way that I do business. I don't, I, I don't go into the day thinking that my customers, my clients, my members, I call them, or, um, you know, employees are going to steal from me or lie to me or cheat. Mm-hmm. That's just not a thing I ever even think. And so I think that I don't, they don't project it back onto me. So it doesn't happen. You know, I think if you go into a situation thinking, somebody told me one time, if you walk down the street and, and somebody passes you and they look real dark and shady and scary and you tense up and you hold your purse close, that honestly, 
that person is potentially more likely to target yeah. you than if you just walk confidently past them. You smile a little bit. You say, how are you doing? And then you walk on past. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with mindset and the energy that you put out. So I would say that's probably the most powerful thing. Sure. The lessons they taught me and then my own revision of what those lessons really mean both positive and neg- negatively in my life hmm, that's really interesting yeah i know i don't think i've ever done that but that would be interesting to sit mm-hmm. down and kind of think back to i mean because you grow up with that and you don't even realize what's ingrained exactly. positive or negative um just a couple more um what's a habit that you've developed over the past few years that's most improved your life um habit uh, mindfulness mindfulness is my number one i meditate and i'm and i'm continually trying to be mindful Um, And that has really helped me calm anxiety. It's helped me have a routine Mm -hmm. to my mornings. That's my big one. Okay. Um, What's your favorite part of Wichita? Or is there a hidden gym you like? Oh, my God. I love so much about Wichita. (laughs) I can't pick one thing. Everything on Douglas. Like, I love all the places to eat, all the places to see, all of my friends' businesses. Like, just Douglas is just amazing. And and I love being so close. Sure. Um, And then just one more. What does Wichita mean to you? Um, Wichita means... I'm proud to be from here now. I wasn't always, and I am now. Awesome. That's really cool. All right, I will link everything up, um, your social media and everything else about The Hive. So thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Yep, have a good one. Thank you to everyone who stuck it out and listened to this episode of the Wichita Live podcast. Thanks to the local Wichita band, The Caves, for use of their song. You can find links to everything we discussed in the show notes at wichitalifeict.com. If you have any comments or recommendations for our podcast, feel free to contact us at wichitalifeict at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, hasta luego.